TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Come on, side, side, What's up, everybody? It's Come On, Son, the podcast. And guess what? My special guest, I got two special guests. Actually, my producer, Krista, is joining me today. Hey, boo. Hi, y'all. How you doing? Blessed and highly favored. How Good. are you? I love when you're on the show with me. And, of course, we're going to talk to State Attorney Kim Fox. Now, if you don't know who Kim Fox is, I'll explain all of that later. She's a uh, state attorney uh, from Cook County, Illinois, right here. And she is a very interesting person. And later on in the show... I will explain to you why. But it's been one hell of a week for me, Krista. Um, I lost my boy, Ronnie Ray. If oh. everybody who don't know who Ronnie Ray is, Ronnie Ray was Run DMC's roadie for a long time in the 80s. And you know who Leo Cohen is. I am familiar, yes. Okay, Leo Cohen is former president of Def Jam That's Records. Right. All that over there. He's now over. Uh, he did the uh, label that Young Thug was on. He was part of that, too. What's the name of that label? Not Quality Control. No, not Quality Control. At the, the, the parent label. They did all of that oh, stuff. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I know, and I can't think of give it me right like, now. Keep talking. Give me so like 30 looking, seconds. Well, Leo left that and, and went on to, um, now he's a president over at YouTube. Okay. And over at Google. Well, Leo wrote a beautiful letter about the passing of Ronnie Ray, and Leo went on to say that at sometimes it was only five people on that road early in the 80s. It was him as the road manager. It was it was Ronnie Ray as the road. It's not universal, is it? He was universal, too, for a long okay, time. But then sorry. he left and started something else. It was Runny Ray, Lior, J, D, and Run for a long time on the road. Doing Live Aid. They did oh, so wow. Pretty, yeah, they did, and it was only five of them, man. And he said he'd never heard Runny Ray say anything bad about anybody and always kept a smile on his face. And that's what I remember about Runny Ray. He always had a smile on his face. So let's salute people who've done great things, although they haven't always been in a spot like that. Like the sound engineers, the roadies, the producers, the, the, producers, the makeup artists, the wardrobe people, the engineers. The engineers. Everybody should be getting some props while they're alive. And Runny Ray, there's a little bit less sunshine on Hollis Avenue now that you're not no longer Aww. with us, man. I feel bad about that. And you know what else pissed me off this whole damn week? Uh-oh. The Democratic debate. You watched it? Yeah, I watched it. I, watched I it. tried it. I'm worn out. There's not one candidate that I feel extremely confident in. Not one. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree 100%. There was, what, about five or six of them up there? 
And I really don't feel like I feel I don't feel comfortable with any of them. But this is what I do feel. Okay. That if the Democratic Party does not get it together, yeah, Trump will get another four years. And I can't even fathom another four years with this man leading our country. I, I just can't. Fathom the first four years, and I'm not anti anything. I'm not anti Republican right. at all. Right. I just think that Donald Trump has been divisive. Yeah, it's for rhetoric. This country. It's so divisive. It's just not good. I feel like hate crimes have gone up since he's been mm-hmm. in office. Uh, it's got- okay for us now to be divisive. It's perceived like, okay, there's one side and there's another side. It's okay for us to pick a side and not like have unity. Yeah, and I also feel like it's okay for people to just yell out the word nigga at us oh, anytime stop. they get ready. It's been happening in Walmart. Yes, people sir. Been taping it. Some Target the other day, some lady yelled out, you niggas need to go do this and do that. And I think it's probably because if the president of the United States can call white nationalists good people, mm-hmm. people feel like, come on, then anything goes nowadays. You know what I mean? There's so an agenda. I, I think he has a hidden agenda. Yeah. His, his agenda is actually to get one, to get his constituency, to get one group of people to get behind him to say things that they were probably thinking or were afraid to say. Mm-mm-mm. So now I, I just can't see myself with another four years of Donald Trump. I, so I don't I'm, want to. I'm, I'm obviously going to vote because every vote matters. So I am down to the wire between Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. For listening to Bernie Sanders the other night in a Democratic debate, kind of turned me off a little yeah. bit. He got all of these ideas, but no real way of paying but for them. I saw the most interesting quote. How is it that we can question Bernie Sanders' ideas and not having the money to pay for it, but Donald Trump came up with this wall idea, and that money came out of nowhere to pay for the wall? So how right. can we not question Donald Trump or even assume that Donald Trump doesn't know what he's talking about, but we do the same thing for Bernie Sanders? People are going to favor whatever is good for them. Right. And what we need to find is somebody that's good for the entire country. Okay. Not good for one side and, and not good for the Democrats, but bad for the Republicans. Not good for the Republicans, but bad for the Democrats. But somebody that's trying to put this country back together and make things good for everyone. See, I can understand both sides of the coin. If you have worked hard, and now you happen to be in that 1% mm-hmm. tax bracket, you don't want your taxes nope. to go up to take care of somebody who's who's really not trying to do anything. You want to help people that want to really help themselves, but a lot of times you see our tax dollars going over to places like the Ukraine for $400 million and we don't know why. We spend the tax money over here, and you're like, what does that have to do with at home? So I feel like we need to take care of home first in a real way. Not just take care of some people, but take care of all the people. And we got to figure out a way to pay for it without raising taxes on middle class Americans. Correct. Or overly raising taxes on the rich. I think the rich should have to pay their share, but I don't think they should have to pay way more than anybody else. I don't disagree with you. I think that whichever can't, you're right. You made a valid point earlier about we're going to vote for people that benefit the people. And with me being a millennial, I do feel like I'm skewed in my perception because Bernie Sanders has preached about helping with student loan debt. And so has Elizabeth Warren. And that needs to happen. There's, there's studies you all that show that 
millennials have it the worst off compared to the generation before and the generation after. Absolutely. Because now there's technology and apps that are coming out that this new generation can profit and learn off of. Right. But before us, you all... Our, the generation before us was a little bit steady, right? They got yeah. married younger. They they bought houses. We can't even buy houses. We can't even ha- afford to have an apartment. We almost. can't afford a mortgage. And it's it's any any candidate that can help my generation push forward and get out of this rut that we didn't put ourselves in. Right. We didn't ask for significant APR rates for our student loans. We didn't ask for that, but we wanted to go to college. Right. My parents taught me going to college is going to help you be better in life, but. I mean, it's rough out here. Do you I'm really not gonna feel lie. like it's working out the way you thought it was going to work all. out? Not at all. I, I was... know a lot of people that felt that way. Now, a lot of people right now are like, why should I go to college? No. Like, I... Why do I go to college? It's not working out the way I thought it would work out. You know, when you, you figure you do your four years of college, if you go to grad school or something like that and get a master's or something, you should come out. Banging at least one hundred and fifty. You should get your student loan debt paid within the next two years of your grad of you graduating college. Right, but that is not how it is specifically for me. I don't know if it's because of the major that I studied. With me being in journalism, it's really hard. And it's very slow and steady with a lot of journalists when they start out. But I'm about 10 years removed from college and I'm still consistently paying down my debt and what's funny is my parents paid for half of my college tuition right so it's it's the hard other half was loans and grants yeah and and, 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 and stuff the like interest that. rate you all it's just the interest rate that that's what it's kind of like a jab in your stomach because if that interest rate wasn't so high my loans would have been paid off right but now i feel like it's just a, it's a rigged system and i i preach to kids all the time Please, if you're in high school, take advantage of your high school years. Grow, learn, take all AP courses so you can get those full-ride scholarships to go to college. I do think college can be beneficial, but it's detrimental when you have those loans because you have to pay those back. It's it's like a predatory loaning company. Yeah, man. That's exactly what it is. It's it's like one of those fast-talking car companies that you hear on the radio all the time. Correct. And they tell you they can put you in a brand-new car, but they don't tell you what your APR on your loan is going to be. It's crooked. When you look at it, and your APR on your loan is 15 16%. It's going to take you five or six years to pay off this car, so you got a new 2020 car, but you're not paying it off to damn near 2030, so now your car is 10 years yeah. old and it's worth I think a lot of the university's goals is to keep – a lot of jobs within that state that the college is located in, Mm -hmm. but not a lot of young adults are like that. A a lot of young adults want to move to New York. They want to move to Miami. They want to move to LA and the cost of living is just insane. So again, it's I left New York for, I left New York for two reasons. I left New York because I got a good opportunity to be syndicated out of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And I was at the point where I was ready to go. It was just too expensive. Even if you live in New Jersey, which is right outside of New York, like there's bridges and tunnels that connect the two states, right? Right now, I think it's $18 to cross the bridge or across the tunnel. When I first moved to New Jersey, it was $4. Wow. This is ridiculous. So you it's can't just, go it's anywhere harder. without paying a toll. It's harder to live in a major market Absolutely. and thrive with the degree that you've got and pay loans and pay rent and travel. You know right. what I mean? We only have one life on this earth, so we want to see the world That's right. and have a social life That's and be able different. to put clothes on your back. And now think about if you have a family. Yes. Like I, yes. I, like a lot of times I do a lot of things that I see that my friends cannot do. 
right? Yeah. And then I have to understand that they have families, right? A lot of times, like give you give you a class example. Fat Tuesday just came around, um, and I wanted to go to the cigar thing, and I sent it out to my boys. Like, look at this cigar event they having with Tattooway and this person and that person, and they're gonna feed us. And there's an open bar, and the open bar is gonna have like Belvini and you know all the great scotches that mm-hmm. I love. And my dudes hit me back like, yo, bro, that's $130. Can't do it. I don't think about $130. I bought a Keith and James hat during All-Star Week. Do, do, you know how bad, can, do you know how bad I need $130 <laughs> right now? Yeah, man. So that's why yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm I voting it. for them. I understand it. I, I really I need the help. It. And anybody that's going to help me. And it's crazy because a lot of business owners, I have a couple of friends who are, have thriving businesses, and they specifically voted for Donald Trump to help them with their business. And right now their businesses are in the green. They're, right. they're earning revenue. So I think you made it, you hit it exactly on the dot when you say the people vote for What's those candidates that's good for them. Yeah, everybody votes for the candidate that they think best suits them personally, but not best suits the United States you go. of America as a whole. I have a question for you. Uh-oh. Because you just stated that you are a millennial. Mm-hmm. Have you ever dated somebody that your father didn't like? Unfortunately, two times in my life, yes. I know how close you are to your dad. He's my best friend in the world. Okay. Um, One time when I was 16, Mm -hmm. there was a guy, he was 19, and I told him to lie about his age when he met my parents, and he stepped out of the car to meet my dad, and he had tattoos all up and down his arms, and that man didn't get one word out before my father was like, please get off of my property. (laughs) And the second time was when we were broadcasting in Atlanta. I was dating a guy from Detroit, and I don't know... I think it's because my dad's a car man and he works at Toyota in Detroit. It's like the competitor to the car industry in Kentucky. And I was dating a guy from Detroit and I told my dad, I think I met this guy, dad. He's dope. He's from Detroit. My dad said, he's from where? I said, he's from Detroit. He said, nope. (laughs) So those are the only two. But was he right both times? He was. He was 100% right about the first one because I was too young to be dating anybody that old that was allowed to get them any tattoos. Right. And the Detroit guy, he... There's this certain type of Detroit hustler mentality that I respect, Mm -hmm. but you have to apply it and better yourself. You can't stay consistent in the same path that's not bettering you. And Detroit people, they just really, really enjoy going to the casino, man. And and the guy that I was dating had a really, really bad gambling problem. So, yes, my father turned out to be right. dead right on that because (laughs) right now one of my daughters, who shall remain nameless, is dating someone she's trying to hide it from. Yeah, we talked she's about this today. She's wearing a wedding band and a, <gasps> an engagement ring. How'd you see the? How'd you see ma- it? Because she's dumb enough. You saw it on Instagram. On on Facebook. On Facebook. She's okay. dumb enough to be grabbing to, towards something. But at the top of the year this year, she told my other daughter that she got married. And then my daughter was like, "You got married." So when I confronted her about it, she said, "No, Dad." Oh, I was so only she joking. lied to you? She said, "I didn't get married." She's not married. Okay. Because okay, research through Facebook. I know somebody that knows the guy's family who talked to the guy's father, and he said they're not married, but he thinks they're going towards that. I just found out that he's incarcerated. Now, here's the problem what I have with it. Not that he's incarcerated because everybody needs love, but my daughter has two children by two different guys. Yeah. Who don't do anything for their children. So the guy that's incarcerated is not the father of any of her children. No. Okay. No, and I I just can't see a future. 
What about the kids, though? So how was he going to help the kids? How is he, how's he going to help anything as soon as he comes home if he marries her? Because when you marry somebody, you take on their children. You know, I'm married to Vanessa. Vanessa already has my daughter, had my daughter, Jasmine. Mm-hmm. I take that on as my responsibility. And you call her your daughter, Jasmine. Right. I don't call her. That's no, your daughter. I raised her. Yeah. So she is my child. Understand. Right? So I stepped in and did that, but I'm already settled in, have a good job, yeah. have a career. Head on your shoulders. Right, doing my thing. This dude is fresh out. How is he going to contribute to the growth and healthy welfare of that family? I don't see it. Unless, this is a doozy. I, I don't see it. And it's not that I don't like him because I don't know him. I just don't think it's a good choice for her. As if, as just as I didn't think it was a good choice for the two baby fathers she got. Earlier, you had just said about it's not that he's incarcerated because no, everybody know, deserves a second that, that, chance. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I got. I'm, I'm, usually, I love debating with you, but I, I don't have anything to argue with you about. I 100% agree. I don't think that he is mentally nor financially or even remotely emotionally ready to get into a relationship with a woman who already has two children. And, and they're talking about getting married. There's I a just, lot of baggage there, and it's. I don't know her personally. I've heard the wonderful things that you've said about all your kids. It just worries me that. Why would she want to be with this person? Like, she, to me, what you've told me about her, she seems like she has a lot to offer a good man, but I don't understand why specifically this person she wants to be with. I don't understand why she specifically keeps making bad choices in men. Yeah. She made the bad so choice the first time, mm. and then once he was out of her life, this other guy came around, okay, and she was posting, "Oh, he's much better to my son than my son's father," and blah 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 blah. And I hit her and I said, "Baby, watch your heart. Don't fall in love. Don't you're yeah, not stop. you're not ready to have another baby. Chill yeah. out. What happens?" And had one. Yeah, so I'm obviously I've told you before I've been very transparent about. Uh, me going to therapy Mm -hmm. and she's not alone i think that a lot of women particularly african-american women have problems deciphering what's toxic in a relationship and what's not Mm -hmm. and i haven't gone as far as getting pregnant by the grace of god i think he's just covering me Mm -hmm. but i think that sometimes we just get stuck in these ruts and these mindsets of who's gonna love me the way that this person can And I think that it has nothing to do with the way you raise your children. I think it has nothing to do with um, atmospheres. I think it's all mental. I think it's we are our most toxic person sometimes, our Mm. minds. And we just think, who is going to treat me and treat my son, especially when you have kids? Right. That changes the whole trajectory. A son and a daughter. You know what I mean? Who's going to treat my kids like this? And we just get whirlwind and think that we can change a man. There's all different types of factors that can correlate with what's going on with your daughter. Yeah, absolutely. And and the toughest part of it is, to be completely transparent, as I always am, I thought I was leading by example as being a, a good Yeah, father. you are a good I leader. Not, I was not with her mother yeah, at all. Understand. And I, and I stepped in even when her mom married somebody else. You stepped in I as stepped a father. In, even when her mom called me and told me, hey, could you back off? We're trying to be a family. I was like, really? Okay. Then y'all do your thing. I backed off for my daughter for the benefit of what her mother thought was best for her and her family when she married this dude. Mm-mm. Even when he went to jail, her, her mom's husband, first husband, went to jail for a murder and she was doing bad. I stepped in and paid my child support like it was nothing. 
So I lead by if you make a child, you take care of a child. And I tell her that all the freaking time. But she still makes the mistake yeah. of having two kids with two different dudes who do nothing for their children. Um, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a therapist, but I'm receiving what you're saying. I genuinely don't think that you should place blame upon yourself. If you've effectively communicated with your daughter, you've let her know that you love her, that you will do anything for her throughout her adolescent years. She's grown now. She's grown. That's exactly what I was about to say. You can't blame yourself for grown ass decisions. Just like my dad can't blame me for having a little bit of credit card debt. You know right. what I mean? Like my dad literally taught me how to use Quicken loans when I was like 10 years old. So he did everything in his power to teach me how to manage money. And guess who's still having money problems? <laughs> so I don't think that you should blame your parenting skills. Life is just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Yeah. Well, I guess I just going to have to love her from afar. You right should. Now because I can't not support financially. Yeah. I'm going to always be there emotionally. But financially, I can't support yeah. you when you got a dude that's incarcerated that I think and you're can't taking take care my of money and helping to take care of him. I, 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 I'm sorry. Well, we had a caller today on the morning show that said you should tell her. You should be completely transparent and honest and come from a place of love. And she made a very good point about stating the facts, being right. actual and factual. Like, let's just lay this out perspective like let's look at this from my perspective and you tell me how you're gonna make this situation work out for you yeah y'all can hit me up man y'all can just hit me up at um i'm at ed lover on uh facebook not facebook on instagram yeah y'all hit me up on instagram mr ed lover on twitter tell me what y'all think about this appreciate y'all listening coming up we are going to talk to the state of illinois all right a uh, special prosecutor who was involved with the jesse smollett case the r kelly case and everything else that went down, the one and only Kim Fox. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Krista. Come on, son, son. I have the pleasure, ladies and gentlemen, of having the only African-American female to ever be Cook County State Attorney in 2016. She's a wife. She's a mother of four teenagers in the county. She grew up in Cabrini Green housing projects and was raised by a single mother. She's a survivor of childhood sexual assault, and she is the infamous Miss Kim Fox, who's running for re-election, who's going to be joining us right here on Come On, Son, the podcast. So, don't move. Come on, son, son. Hey, I'm good. How are What's you? What's happening, my sister? Man, I'm trying to make it these next three weeks. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I, I, I can't complain. I see you out there hard on the campaign trail. Thank you for taking some time out to uh, spend with me. My first question to you and for, for everybody would be, why do you want to be uh, the state, uh, Cook County State Prosecutor again? You know what, because it's been the biggest privilege of my life to serve in a community where I grew up, um, to impact the lives of like people that I know in my family, um, who I knew, uh, serving as the chief law enforcement officer and doing it in a way that's fair and just and respectful for communities, you know, like the community I grew up in, in Cabrini. And so it's been a privilege for me to do that and to try to be able to move the needle of a broken criminal justice system back in the direction of fairness. How were you able to go from periodic homelessness, childhood sexual assault? How were you, how were you able, being raised by a single mom, how were you able to 
pull yourself up on your own bootstraps, get your mind into a positive direction and become an attorney in the first place. Like that seems like all the odds are stacked against you. You grew up in Cabrini Green and the projects. I mean, like how did that happen? How did you do that? You know what? I had a strong mom. I mean, she was 18 when she had me. I was her second kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. my brother is 17. And she just was determined that we were going to have the life that we deserved. And she was one of the smartest women that I knew. But she, you know, was limited because she was a teenage mother because we lived in Cabrini. And she told me when I was six years old, I told her I wanted to be a lawyer. And she said, so it shall be. And it wasn't like we had people in the community who could teach us or show me. I just had a real hunger um, to succeed. We moved from Cabrini. We couldn't afford to live in Lincoln Park, so we moved a lot. And like you said, we were homeless in when I was a junior in high school. But I always knew I was just as smart as the kids in Lincoln Park, if not smarter. I always knew, you know, that my family was just as good as the families that were there. And so I was always fighting uh, for my family name, for my mother, for my grandmother, for my my people who weren't ever going to be able to sit in those same classrooms. And so I've always been super determined to live out my mother's legacy uh, since she didn't get a chance to fulfill all the things she wanted to do. Did your mom live long enough to see you become a prosecutor? She didn't. My mom passed away in 2012. Aww. And, you know, she, 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 you know, I thought about running before and she was like, don't do it. Politics is hard. And I was like, politics is hard. <laughs> Life is hard. Um, and, you know, I think she would be proud. I think she would mostly be proud that I haven't forgotten where I come from, that I didn't get this job and put on airs, you know, and act like I'm not a part of the community that I serve. Mm-hmm. You you certainly don't do that. Well, your mom was your mom's like my mom's one of them whoop ass moms. Like my mom, I grew up in a two family home. I would rather my yeah. father beat me than my mother. <laughs> my mom's whooped ass, Kim. Yeah, yeah. You know, my brother, my brother's a year older than me, and he was tall like early, and so my mother was shorter than him. So she like bust out the broom, bust out the mop, like you know, tools <laughs> to like help her like reach him. And so me, I didn't get too many whoopings because it was like we not. I'm not trying to trying to go out like that. But mm-hmm. when I was a, a teenager, you know, and I got taller than her, she made sure that I knew who was who was running it. She made sure that you know who was running the household, huh? Were yeah, you were absolutely. you a rebellious teenager, or what were you considered as a teenager? You know, you got some people that's like cool, but they well, were you one of them cool on the line, but cool smart chicks? What kind of what kind of teenager were you? a mix of all of it, right? So I was smart, mm-hmm. uh, but I was also, you know, my family was from the projects, and we, my family was also, my father's side is from the west side. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you had to switch it up, right? You in Lincoln Park in the day, and in the projects at night, and so, you know, you that code-switching thing is real. Um, and I was rebellious. You know, I, 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 I stole a couple tubes of lipstick when I was in the sophomore <laughs> in high school. Yeah, and got caught and almost peed on myself. (laughs) I'm not built for that life. Um, That wasn't your life, huh? That wasn't. I'm I'm not about that life. Like, I I literally, the man at Walgreens was like, let me walk you to the back, and I just fell apart. But, you know, I I was always a good student, and I never wanted to bring disrespect on my grandmother's name. Mm -hmm. Um. So I was a mix. I was rebellious when nobody was watching um, and a good kid in school. 
But you had your last name. You had to carry that Fox last name around. And fox you were is tall. my very name. And you were tall. So you know the fellas like, Kim's a fox. I know you heard uh, <laughs> You know what? Fox is my married name. Okay. I, I, I'm like, we like Ike and Tina around here. You know, my, <laughs> my husband gave me the name Fox. Right. And I was like, if nothing else, I'm keeping this name. Got two <laughs> the name stay here. She can have everything else but the name stay Everything here. else. I'm everything else. Name. But the name stay How do you... Like watching you run for re-election, if you and I have run into each other a couple of times in a different uh, different yeah. social circles, how do you keep your dignity looking at all of these negative ads that are being put on yeah. television about you? And every time I see it, I say, Kim, is that's not Kim. Like, come on. Like, stop. Yeah. Like, you reaching, dude. Like, I want to smack, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to smack him, for real. Like, how do you keep your dignity through all of that? Man, I mean, that's their goal is to try to knock me off my square. Their goal is to try to take me out of myself. And I do know who I am. And I think people who know me know who I am. It's, oh, I have to remind myself, you know, he's trying to get the job I have. And I have to, like, not lower myself to that. And this is someone that if he was really about the mission, really about the people, would be spinning ads talking about himself and what he's going to do for folks. But, you know, it, it takes some meditation, some prayer, a little Frankie Beverly every morning before I leave. <laughs> Which uh, one? Which Frankie <laughs> Beverly you listening to? Before I let go, what are you listening to? Man, a golden time of day. Like, I just have to, like, shiny, happy people, man. Right. I have to, like, keep reminding myself, like, this is bigger than me. It's bigger than me. And if I if I get out of pocket, that messes it up for the mission that I'm trying to do. So I always have to stay stay on my square. Do, do, you have four teenagers. Do they understand how they have to walk the straight and narrow line because their mother's a state prosecutor? Absolutely not. Uh, they, <laughs> they, man. Because it could I go had, one way, Kevin. It could go the other way. Dude, I had to shut down Twitter accounts because they would be going back and forth with the trolls under aliases. Wow. Um, and you know, because they're emotional. And right. this is, you know, it's hard. It's one thing for me to, like, have to take it. It's hard for the people who love you to hear people say things about you. Absolutely. And, you know, teenage girls, they want, they're ready. they they ready for something to pop off. And so I have to constantly remind them. Oh, you got girls? That's not how we do. I got four girls. Oh, God, Kim. Welcome to the club, sweetheart. <laughs> I got four girls and one boy. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. So you know. Yeah, I know. You shutting down Twitter accounts. You shutting down yeah. Instagram accounts. Instagram, yeah. Snapchat. Yeah, yeah, all of it. Yeah, I because you know what off. it is with them? It's hard not to read the comments. It's, that's that's right. the most difficult thing for them is like, listen, don't read that because they tr- they're trying to get a reaction out of you. That's right. That's right. And, 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 they, and that's, they're the age where they're ready to react. And so I have to try to model my behavior for them. I have to show them what this looks like, you know, because even in school where someone says something to them, I'm like, you don't go to their level. You don't, you don't do that. And so this is really important for me to show them what this looks like, how to, how to always maintain your grace and your decorum, um, even in hard times. Yeah, absolutely. Because it, sometimes you don't even know who that is when, when they're coming under right. alias accounts, that just might That's be, right. that might be your op, your, uh, your opposition, Sending in that's stuff right. like that so they can up. say something. That's right. Set them right up. They can say something. And next thing you know, it's in a political ad on television. 
You know, That's you ha- right. yeah, you absolutely have to do that. Kim, you have done so much great work for Cook County since you've been in office. What do you see for the future of Cook County? I we want to continue to build on what we've done, uh, the work that we've done around marijuana legalization, for example, and we're going to be vacating just in Cook County over 100,000 uh, records of people who previously had marijuana convictions. And we want to be able to not stop there. You know, there are a lot of people who still are under the weight of convictions for things that they did in their past, and we want to make it easier for people to expunge their records. We want to continue to focus on violent crime and not low-level petty offenses. You know, there's too many of our babies um, who are dying in our streets, and we need to be able to, to intervene provide trauma resources, you know, a lot of this is about hurt people hurting people. Mm -hmm. And if we don't focus on trauma and mental health, we're going to continue to see these cycles of violence. And so I'm really focused on mental health and trauma in this next term. Mm. I see that you want to stop jailing people because they can't afford to post bail for nonviolent offenses. One of the things that really shook me, and I'll be open and honest, I got a ticket in New York City. I had unpaid tickets. I had a Tended window ticket that I thought that my my accountant took care of, and she never took care of it. So when I got locked up in New York City, I went from the precinct to what we call the tombs. And when they put you in the mm-hmm. tombs, they put you in there with anybody. And I don't feel like as a nonviolent offender, I should have been jailed for a traffic okay. violation with somebody that murdered somebody. So now I'm in there, and I have to protect myself. But thank God I That's had right. enough money to have bail. Yeah, it's a joke. I mean, uh, we were we stopped prosecuting people Ed, in 2017 for driving on a suspended license because they couldn't pay their tickets. Right. Like we were really we were pro- putting people in jail. Thank you, Kim. Thank you so much for that. Poor. Yeah, and, and then you get and, in jail. You got a choice to make. You understand what I'm That's saying? Right. You get in jail. Somebody might approach you the wrong way for any kind of reason. Now you have a, a choice to make. It's a choice to saving my life or letting this man kill me. And then if I do something like that, what, now I have another charge. Like, it doesn't make sense to put nonviolent offenders in the same holding cells with violent offenders. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. And that, it, it really is a lack of respect for where people come with uh, in, in their lives. And we, we're criminalizing poverty, this thing with bail. You know, you got poor people who are nonviolent who stay in. You got people with money charged with violent offenses who get out. You know, I remind right. people, Jason Van Dyke, who murdered Laquan McDonald, he was out on bail for three years before he went on trial. So wow. He was able to pay with a first-degree murder charge hanging over him. And I got people in my jail for shoplifting, $300 worth of Jordans, who sit there six, seven months because they can't afford a $1,000 bond. That makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. You have a lot of great people endorsing you here. You should be very proud. The governor's endorsing you. you. The mayor's endorsing you. Uh, Senator Tammy Duckworth, Dick Durbin, who I know very well, and my little secret crush, uh, Elizabeth Warren. (laughs) (laughs) She's endorsing you also. So you got good people behind you. I got good people. We got Bernie Sanders endorsing too. Kamala Harris has come through. So we have the the people who on the national level who are trying to be president, know that the work that we've done in Cook County on criminal justice reform works, and that's why they are supporting this work. And, you know, the the support of the people, I can't go around the city without somebody, you know, giving me a big up for the work that we're doing. And that's what it's really about. It's really about those people 
who are getting a chance to not be in jail for silly, petty offenses, who are getting those convictions vacated and are able to participate in our community. Those are the biggest endorsements for me. Absolutely. And we know the history of Chicago. Chicago's a seriously political town. It's also been a town that we've been left out of politics for a very, very long time. We have our very first black female mayor and Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Big up to her all the time. And we know how how they play games. This is a very segregated city, much to my dismay. I just moved here almost two years ago and I was like, oh, my God, like. People are not messing with each other. So you're being attacked on on all fronts. You're being attacked first because you're good at what you do. Second, because you're a woman. Probably second, two and a half is because you're a black woman. And we can't we can't let this kind of stuff go down here. We can't have that. Yeah, I mean, thank you for calling that out, because, you know, it's the thing that people don't want to talk about that permeates this race really deeply. You Mm -hmm. know, the attacks that I've received. You know, people, for example, you know, who are mad about how we handled the Smollett case. Mm -hmm. I ask people all the time, if you have a disagreement with me about how we handle the case, I can take that. But the fact of the matter is I had the the Fraternal Order of Police marching with white nationalist groups on my office in the days after that. Now, if white nationalist groups are finding comfort in your company, you know, that, that that tells you something. And the attacks that have come towards me have not been about policy. It absolutely has been, you know, elements of race and who does she represent. And I, 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 I'm all day from the projects. This work that I do is rooted in where I come from, and that makes people uncomfortable. This justice system has been systemically racist and unfair to our communities for so long that me saying that I'm going to tackle that doesn't mean I don't care about all communities, but it does make people uncomfortable who are happy with the status quo. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a, you know what? I'm going to leave it right there. I, I'm going to, you said that so well, there's nothing else that I can ask you that's going to be better than that. Kim Fox. Well, I appreciate it. I got your back. We got your back. All of us have your back, and we love you dearly, and thank you for spending some time with me. I know you're super busy, but I appreciate it. Thank you, Ed, and we're so glad to have you in Chicago. It's always good to see you out in the streets. Of course. I love you, sister. Be well. Love you, too. Bye-bye. Thank you, Kim Fox. Coming up next, y'all know what it is, my weekly rant. I call it, come on, son, and I got a lot to talk about. Come on, son. Welcome back to Come On, Son, the podcast. Y'all know how I do every week. It is time for me to rant and rave about stuff that has gotten on my last nerve. I call it Come On, Son. First and foremost, Come On, Son goes out to former New York City Mayor Mike Bloomberg. Bro, in the words of Jay-Z, we don't believe you. You need more people. You are a Republican from the time you started in politics all the way through. Now you're trying to be a Democrat. Now you want us to believe that you're about black people. You are the one who put black people in jail with your stop and frisk policy Mm. that targeted more black people than white people in the history of New York City. Now you understand that it was racist. Now you want to apologize to us. Too much, too little, too late. Mike Bloomberg, come on, son. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. I'm not having it in any black leader or clergyman from New York that believes that Mike Bloomberg is a changed man, you have have to be out of your God-loving mind. I love God just as much as you do. 
there's nobody that's more favorable in Jesus and God's eyes, but please don't tell me that y'all believe that Mike Bloomberg is anything more than a closeted Republican. He spent $12 million on a candidate to go up against a person that's in the Democratic Party right now. Um, Lindsay, uh, what's her name? Krista? The, the, the lady that's running for president right now, the Democrat, the one I, I got a crush on. Elizabeth Warner, I'm sorry, I said Lindsey. The person that he backed was Lindsey Graham, I believe. Elizabeth Warner, he spent $12 million of his own money to back a Republican super conservative candidate that wanted to stop women from having the right to choose against Elizabeth Warren. Come on, son, Michael Bloomberg. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. Speaking of bullshit, Nike and this app. Listen, all-Star Weekend just went off here in Chicago, okay? I wanted to get the Virgil Abloh Jordan 5s, okay? So Nike hits me on this SNKR sneaker app to tell me that I could get into a drawing to get it. Didn't y'all have me put the thing through on my credit card because you already got, already have it for two and a half minutes later to tell me that I didn't get it? Fuck out of here, Nike. Come on, son. If somebody wants a sneaker, we should be able to get the sneaker, man. Every time y'all put us through this process, half of us get left out in the cold. There's got to be a better way, Nike. Come on, son. You know how many Pumas I have right now? That's why Puma's in your ass right now. Because when they release something, we can go to the store and get it. Or I got friends that give me Pumas, like my man Dave Jeff, like my man Zoe from... from uh, from Fashion Geek, like my man Emery Jones, they make sure that I get the sneaker. I have been riding with Nike for so long, riding with y'all, but why do I gotta be the search and destroy guy every time a new kick come out, but there's some little white boy that's never supported you the amount of years that I support you, right? The amount of years I've been wearing Jordans. I've been wearing Jordans since they came out. You mean to tell me this Virgil Abloh Jordan 5 come out and I can't have it? Me? Ed Lover? I'm sorry. I'm getting on my on, on my soapbox right now. I'm a fucking legend. I shouldn't have to go through no sneaker app to get a pair of Virgil Abloh J5s. Come on, Nike. Come on, son. Look out for us that have been looking out for you for all these years because Puma is managing to do it, and that's why they're in your ass right now. Come on, son. A come on, son goes out to the Kobe. Kobe Bryant and Gianna Bryant memorial service and to the families. Why was I looking at this thing and I saw Vanessa and them on one side, Jelly Bean and his mother and his sisters and them on the other side. I know that Kobe had problems with his parents, but if that wasn't the point to bring the, all the families together, there was no better point of doing it. I am deeply bothered. And I am deeply ashamed that nobody said, let's put whatever happens, let that be water under the bridge, and let's show solidarity at her son's memorial and her granddaughter's memorial. No matter what happened, Kobe's not here no more for them to mend them fences. Y'all are family. Vanessa, those are your kid's grandmother. Just like you missing your kid, Pamela is missing her kid. You gave birth to Gigi. She gave birth to Kobe. Somebody should have said, let's put these families together, and y'all should have sat together in solidarity. Come on, son, that didn't look right. And I think only one person said something about Kobe's immediate family, and I think that was Shaq. 
Was that on purpose? Was that a rule that was written down? Nobody acknowledges Kobe's mother and father? His mother? No matter what happens, you only get one mama. Come on, son. We got to be better than that. My last and least, my last and final come on son of the week goes out to childish ass women out there. Come on, son. Y'all got to stop. There's some women that I know here in Chicago where I'm living at part-time right now, back and forth, that are friends. And y'all are not friends anymore because one person didn't come to somebody else's birthday party? I mean, a couple of months ago, these two women had a damn birthday party together. And a person misses somebody else's birthday party and you cut them off, delete them from Facebook, all of this childish thing. Y'all are in your 40s. When does this childish mean girl stuff stop? Childish women all over this country, you have to stop it. You are grown women. When does it end? When do y'all start picking up the phone and talking to each other about your problems? We can't even be in a party together. It's ridiculous. Come on, son. Really, this is stupid. And another, I'm sorry, I thought that was my last, come on, son, but I just remember one, Deontay Wilder. Bro, please stop making excuses of why Tyson Fury beat your ass. I don't want to hear no more about my suit was 40 pounds. It was too heavy. If it was too heavy when you put it on, you should have took it off and walked to the ring. My knees felt weak. My legs felt weak because it was a long walk from the dressing room to the ring, and I had this 40-pound suit on and a mask covering my face. Who told you to put a mask on that was cutting off your supply of oxygen? Bottom line, Deontay Wilder, you got your ass beat. And you the main person, come on, son, you the main person that's walking around talking about you could beat Tyson in your in his prime. You have no body punches whatsoever, Deontay Wilder. You was there for the taking. Tyson Fury, he, he, he trained the way he's supposed to. He challenged you, and he whooped your ass. Now go back and get your stuff together, Deontay Wilder, because you should be ashamed of yourself. You pop all of that shit. You can't body. If you can't hit somebody with your right hand, you can't do shit. Point blank and period. You need to learn how to box because throwing body punches is part of it, bro. You got your ass kicked. Accept it. Come on, son. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. I'm at Lover, and I approve this message. Come on, son. <laughs> Come on, son, son. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is being brought to you by Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. No, I'm only playing. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> nah. Y'all keep going first. Everything else will fall into place. We'll talk at y'all next week, man. Y'all know what it is. Come on, son. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Krista Hayes and Kimana Paulus in downtown Chicago. This is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 